Uh, yeah, I, I feel badly about the inconsistencies. Is all I'm saying. No, it's it's not your fault. It was your birthday. It is. It's not your fault. That's a good little intro for what we got going on. <laughs> Straight out of Google Hunting. <laughs> right. So, um, welcome, guys. Chris Three. Welcome, everybody, um, to the most inconsistent show that kind of talks about history on the planet. Sorry that we've been so absent. Um, last week was really not either of our fault. We recorded a full episode. We, we did a full show. Uh, with me is Nando. Nando. Hello, everybody. Great to be here again. Um, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I want to, I feel weird reintroducing, but no one heard the episode, I guess. So, um, Nando for anyone that listens to Dear Albi for a long time, um, we've known Nando forever, obviously a very, very good friend. And, um, we've, we always kick around Chris three ideas and Nando, you send me ideas that I never put to use, but I always want to. And I'm like, Oh, I kind of need somebody else for that. Like, so, um, we, we've decided, and I believe, uh, we're calling it a hard launch, right? Nando. I, I learned that, um, my girlfriend Leah taught me about, um, launching. Yeah. That strange guy. Do you know what a launch like, is? Two shows. <laughs> Still learning hard launch. Well, I I know like a hard out, All right. like a hard network out or an out, but I I don't know. Um, well, no, like launching a relationship, like you, there's ways to do it. I've learned where there's you have like a soft launch. So like if you and I were soft launching Nando, you would be like my guest this week. I wouldn't be announcing that you'll probably be on every week with me whenever gotcha. you have the time. Yeah, okay, I got. Gotcha. But it's a hard launch. So um, hard launching Nando. Uh, we're going to have some kind of format changes here with Chris three, just to keep something more consistent coming in because, um, I, I don't like to be too close to the dear Albie universe, you know, with the fam and everything. I love having them on. Um, they all have kind of their specialty topics and they'll always be on like whenever there's one of those, but on a regular basis, I think Al kind of right. Nando as somebody that works on both shows, he's got the family thing down and we wanted to kind of deliver something a little different. That is a very good way of delivering that Al doesn't want you to use the family members anymore on your show. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're calling it? <laughs> so so uh, that's what we're calling it, that it was a creative decision. Uh, no, but no, we'll have family members on when it applies. You know, we have some good topics every now and then. But I think your dad's uh, great. Them, I've been but, saying since day one, the show should be you and your dad. But the, the problem there is, the, the problem there is, first of all, scheduling. But second, um, I, this show is a lot about me learning and kind of regurgitating what I recently learned. And I feel like whenever uh, I do something with my dad, he knows so much about history, especially that it becomes a little bit more of like an educating, you know what I mean? Sure. Like we're all, I'm learning together. The one way street right? is like going my dad, the wrong way is what you're saying. Right. And, and it, it's a little bit more of like a, so I love having him on when there's something very direct to go over. But today uh, I wanted to recreate, we're not calling it the birthday episode now. Cause now we're in June. I think we could still call um, it the birthday episode if you want. Yeah, because I is. think more people might listen is what I'm thinking. But um, we wanted to do a birthday episode, and I didn't have an exact story. We were looking up stories from May 24th um, throughout the years. There's not a whole lot that happened on that. I mean, there's a lot. There's a whole. You know, I'm, I'm in a rabbit hole like... on a random throwaway thing I found in a 1931 newspaper right now. What do you got? I mean, well, I. I but we're going to get right into it, basically. Right we're going to talk about random. Oh, well, listen, man. You can't just throw it out there and then have the audience <laughs> wonder what that random throwaway is. There's but today, basically, we want to talk about the 90s um, and other things. But Nando has been um, – we ran late getting this started today, mostly because of me because I was playing pickleball. Um, and I wanted to tell you – the only reason I brought that up, and I hate that pickleball is so popular now because we were playing it a year ago when it was only kind of really popular, and now it's really, really popular – but I beat my parents badly. Who was your partner? Um, my cousin Joe. Oh, nice. We have a little rivalry. My cousin Joe and I versus my parents. We've been doing this for over a year now. Uh, whenever we all have a free morning, we'll try to meet and play pickleball. Um, and now the rivalry's on because it's warm weather again. And we had our first game of this year. And uh, they had a, a miraculous comeback in the first game. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend they didn't. We were up like 10-4. And they ended up doing an extra inning type stuff, uh, really miraculous stuff. But the thing is, Nando, they're they're um, they're both in their sixties, so we just let that first game go as long as it can go, and then it was just spaggy <laughs> legs for games two and three. Yeah, just completely wore them down. 
And um, I just, the whole time, I was just telling them that I'm sending them to Fort Lauderdale where they belong. Just get out of here. Retire. You're not welcome here anymore. And um, that's the kind of trash. We have some trash talk games. When they beat me, my mom was like, I think the plane left without me. I'm going to unpack my bags. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I ran late. And you ran late because of a 1931 something or other because you were paying attention to the show you were about to do. Well, uh, it was so I looked up your birthday. Newspaper, you and I have a shared affinity for newspapers.com. Um, and uh, I was looking up your birthday and I just picked a random. I thought 1931 would be between wars, safe, whatever. Um, and there was like, you know, I scanned the whole front page. I picked a random, I picked the Bozeman Statesman, whatever, like the Bozeman, Montana, whatever newspaper that was. Um, and there was a story about this woman who was arrested uh, in Montana because the police mistakenly thought she was serial killer Lida Southard. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of, you know, you don't see too many female serial killers, especially 1931. So I started going down a Lida Southard rabbit hole. Let me tell you something, man. I mean, there's been, I think, one book, and it seems like it was self-published. <laughs> I don't know who that is, and I, I feel like I know a lot about serial killers. I know nothing about this. That's it. Like, so they called her, uh, I think, the female Bluebeard. And from everything I can tell, she was, like, the first female serial killer. Uh, definitely in America. I don't know if, like, it, you know, ever. Well, I don't think, did that, do they use that term? No, right? It's a female serial killer? In the killer article in 1931, serial? did they use the term serial killer? I don't think so. Because that was a very, if you ever watched They called her Woman Bluebeard. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. But if you ever watch Mindhunter, I think it's about how they created the, the, the psychology around a serial killer. It's kind of very like a 70s, 80s, 90s kind of phenomena. Um, do you have a favorite serial killer, Nanda? Well, right now it's Lida Southard. Yeah. Is, like, so what what else you have on what else you have on Bluebeard? You know what? Let's do that'll be our Christery gal, and then I'll find a nineties transition for that. All right, go ahead. Or you know, we could just make the next show you could study Lida South. This could be a tease for the next show. And you you can read nah, up I on I feel Lida like we're already Southard. in it. All right. Well, I don't want to ruin the nineties theme. I mean, I didn't really have that much on it. I right. figure we'll get into it. Well I had a good phone. I mean, we had you know at this point like three weeks ago, we had a great phone call about about it. You learned about reality so bites. That's, we had such a good conversation on the phone and we were like, let's just do that on the podcast. And this is the thing. So I was going to, I was going to text a screenshot uh, of you telling me there was an echo on the episode, but I, I thought it, I came off. It, if you don't know me, you would think I was being a prick. So I didn't post it because you wrote your wish came true. Cause I didn't like the episode. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't like it. And uh, you like your wish came true. And I was wrote, yeah, you know, didn't record. I was like, that's great. And I looked at, it, I was like, it kind of looks like I'm being, um, sarcastic but i really was actually happy that we didn't have an episode because i did not like what we came up with i mean it happens um so let me ask you this is there something to be said about a woman in 1931 really going against the grain and like standing out like as like the first female serial killer or is that something that we don't link in with the trailblazing thing no i think i mean she was she was a serial killer and she escaped from prison for a year and she like indirectly turned herself in. So the man she truly loved after murdering, she was in jail for murdering five quote unquote murdering five of her six husbands. Um, she, she turned herself in because the guy who helped her escape was going to turn her in. So she ran off to like Colorado, sent a note to the guy she loved that she knew the post office would intercept and then they found her, and she's like, "That guy deserves the five hundred bucks, not the other guy." So, wow. Like, I like, I don't know if, yeah, that's trailblazing on like three different levels. I think. Yeah, there's there's a lot. We should. You're right. I guess I didn't know that she would deserve a full Chris three, but uh, I think she does because. But you know what else we could do there? So there's someone I named Anne Bonnie. She's like the the lady pirate, and she used to pose as a man. And uh, I wanted to do one on her for a while too. That's so Mary I think Reed. we could do. I have is a that card. what Bonnie Reed is? There's, yeah, no, her, Mary Reed is the other one, the, the lady pirate. Oh, what am I thinking of then? I don't know, it might be the same one. It yeah, might maybe. be two. So, because there, there's a bar in Asbury called the Bonnie Reed, and that now I'm wondering if that makes sense now. Um, so, yeah, but that I think we should do a a uh, the dark side in a cool way, obviously, of like the trailblazers, because you always hear about men doing it, right? Like, you know, like Dahmer. Did you watch Dahmer? Uh no no I lived it so that was my, 90s there's your that's 90s my, so that's my 90s transition see what I'm going for there I got you um so it sounded so organic the I, way you asked if I saw Dahmer 
I'm not new to this, man. So here's my beef. But you didn't watch it, right? No, I didn't. I had no interest in watching it. Why? As I, I, I remember read, like I was reading the newspapers and watching the news at the time when it was happening. Like I knew what happened. What is it about the '90s? I feel like that, and that's kind of what I wanted to go over today. I don't have. It's a little bit of a departure from the regular format, but I the birthday episode, and I was feeling a little nostalgic last week, and I'm I'm listening to Chuck Klosterman's book, The '90s, and it's bringing a lot of that nostalgia back. And I thought what was cool about this is. You and I experienced the 90s two completely different ways, right? I was growing up in the 90s, as were you, but I, where I was doing the um, kind of go outside and play years, my wonder years of the 90s, where that's more so your high school, college years, right? Yeah, and in 96, so I was 18. Really ex- that's wild. You're it- fucking old. I didn't know that. I told you this a couple times. <laughs> I guess you I just like repeating it. <laughs> no, I listen. I just like the pain in your voice when you say it. So the um, what what was that? Because I feel like the '90s in general is looked at as a very forgettable time, and I don't think it's true. Like when I think about it, there's a lot of stuff that was extremely like everything was very fleeting. You know what I mean by that? Like. I feel like everyone was okay with just their moment in the sun. Um, like, right away, when I tell you a 90s song, what's the first thing that enters your mind? Uh, Nirvana? Oh, see, I, I go the sign, Ace of Bass, it's like just a song. <laughs> okay. Sure. Like, and that, that to me, because you could feel, like it feels very 90s when you hear that song. and um, But I feel like that was very much what it was back then, right? You had a lot of people that were in their little box and now there's such an obsession with, you know, not being one thing, right? Like back then you had Michael Jordan, who's like, I'm a basketball player. I don't talk politics. And, you know, you had singers saying that stuff or, or you had, you know, um, you know, it, it was kind of, if you left what you were doing, you were kind of lame, right? You were like a bit of a sellout. And we're going to get back to Dahmer. This doesn't really tie into it. But I I just wanted to go over why I was so interested in the 90s and why I wanted to talk to somebody that um, lived it differently than I did. Because as a kid, everything felt very temporary. You know what I mean? Like all the biggest songs felt like one-hit wonders. I could name like 15 one-hit wonders from the 90s. I can't name any from any other era more than like two or three. You, you know, know what? You know what but that might like, have something to do with? Like if I like if I I mean I don't think I needed to be eighteen and ninety six to know this, but like MTV, if you made one good video, they would play that. If you didn't make a second good video and your music wasn't good, you know, like I remember a group called, they're called Green Jello. They had to change it to Green Jelly, and it was like a Three Little Pigs, um, or like Ugly Kid Joe with like Everything I Hate About You, and then they did a remake of like Cats in the Cradle. But then, you know, you buy their album, you're like, yeah, not really, no thanks. Um, like I would buy cassettes. Well, because you could buy a, a single. Yeah, that's could, the thing. You could buy a single then. I think that fed that. You know what I mean? Like, you only needed the one good song. You didn't need to buy the whole album if it wasn't good. Because you have, like, and I mean, like, mega one-hit wonders, though. You know what I mean? Like, from the Macarena to, you know, um, well, the sign, I don't think, was um, they had a few. Was a one-hit wonder, right? They Barbie had a couple Girl? songs. Barbie Girl. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I'm Blue. Yeah. Was that, two, that, that might have been 2000. I'm Too Sexy. Um. Um, to, it's like just extremely, extremely like just massive hits that just like walking in Memphis, which I just found out wasn't Dave Matthews band like the other day. Um, That's I'm slow, going through dude, a list I'm, now. Really? It's not Dave Matthews. Yeah, but I, I would have like mistaken that for like Richard Marks, not Dave Matthews. Oh, I thought that was a Dave Matthews band. You know, I'm walking in Memphis. Yeah. With like heavy, just like a dude next in the piano. Listen, next time you listen to it, just try to picture Dave Matthews singing it. That's all. All right. Um, you know, I'm not going to just read, you know, every single one hit wonder song, but there was just something about it back then that was like, no, I don't want you, Lou Bega. I don't want you being more than Mambo number five. I want you to be exactly that, exist as exactly that. And another version of you will be coming talking about Barbie very, very soon. You know what I mean? (laughs) Where now, I guess, and I don't want to blame social media because it's too easy, but now I guess the idea is that you can um you can stay relevant right and if your fans my brother by the way had an instagram conversation with mark mcgrath yesterday while we're doing this that's great yeah 
random. So, um, but about what? I I guess now that I I didn't to can I tell you I didn't realize that I didn't even realize that I didn't read it. No, I I read I saw the screenshot, and I spent the entire time until I forgot, which is 10, 20 seconds, um, trying to figure out a funny Sugar Ray like response to the text. Like I didn't even read it. Literally, might have been like, "Hey, Mark McGrath is you know." held hostage and needs our help like i didn't read the message i was just trying to think of a funny response to a message that i didn't even read yeah. um and i didn't have one which is even the worst part hey i love that christmas show you guys are doing now Chris that. <laughs> hey, hey i'd love to talk about the 90s with chris if he's ever interested in such a thing <laughs> and i just scanned right over it so why would i want to talk um, to the access hollywood host about the 90s <laughs> is he an access hollywood host now extra one of those yeah man. that's that's what i think that's Mark what he's McGrath? famous for with like a, a whole new group of people I thought he was just chilling right now, just relaxing on. No, he's like a red carpet interview. Sugar Ray money. Who knew? I guess everybody. Um, Let us know. But what is it about? <laughs> it is <laughs> what what is it about? And I'm going to pivot back to something because we're talking about one hit wonders, and I feel like there was a weird brand of celebrity in the '90s of like fringe. You know what I mean? And that's what brings me back to like a Jeffrey Dahmer. Where do you do um, Ryan Murphy shows? Uh, I did a couple and then uh, didn't do the rest. I didn't do any of the American Horror well, like, Stories. Ever? Uh, no, nah, no. Nah, you know what? I think because like my wife's not into it, so we just never yeah. we watch stuff together, you know? I feel like you guys are like a Halloween family, though. Like you like spooky shit. Very much. Yeah, very much so. The first like three seasons of American Horror Story were good. I don't remember. I think it's when they started like a circus. I gave up on it. Um, but the first couple, watched, did, Asylum... He did Armani, right? He did Armani. No, I'm sorry, Versace. Yeah, Versace. Um, so uh, that's kind of where I'm going with him. He's he's very 90s, right? Like he did Versace. He did OJ. He did Clinton. And there's just not a lot of people telling stories from the 90s like that, you know. And I think you're starting to see it now. I know um, Jonah Hill did that movie not too long ago, but I think it's really weird. I was talking about with my cousin yesterday. I know I gave you this little nugget of information, but um. I just associate with the 90s of not caring. And I, I mean, like, the people that weren't there don't care about it. The people that came before it don't care about it. The people that were in it still live in it. And the people after it don't care. But the people that came from it stick to that theme of not really giving a shit. Do you know that... I, I know I gave this to you already, but the only Gen Xer, the, the closest Gen Xer to become president, do you know who that is? I know that I told you. Yeah, you told you me, uh, and I, I forgot now because all my guesses was, were so out there. It was Beto O'Rourke. Yes. And if you don't, if you don't know who that is, that's the point of me asking that question. Um, but if you, it also, it's not that fringy. You should probably know who that is, like, right? But um, that it's a whole generation that hasn't been represented in film, in in music. That the music is gone. You know, who who's really surviving from that era, you know, like and doing the same style of music. Dave Grohl. Well, I mean, to be fair, that you was know? 30 years ago. So, OK, but you know, if you're 28, but, but, then you're 58 now. But you got people in the 80s and this, you know, you have the guns the, and roses, the major people from the 70s. I guess the 80s is really worse than the 90s with that. But my what I'm my thought basically is like it's it's a hard generation to understand because if you weren't there and you're a kid, you know, born in the late 90s or 2000s or, or what have you, how do you explain to somebody, like, my day, if I want to change, if I want to listen to country, hip-hop, comedy, and a book, I need to put pick which country album, which co comedy album, which audio book, and which, uh, what was the other one, rap album, I want to put in my in my magazine in the in the trunk you, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah and and you know and so even if something as simple as switching a song or having a conversation like you know we and we should do with the mandela effect thing there's just so much to go over and i, and I, I get all over the place with it I know. but i, I just feel like that would sorry i don't think you would have i know it anyway. nah, i wouldn't have but it, it would have kept me in line a little but i don't we'll think it never did for the tv show no, yeah, but that's true. But sports is easier to talk about for me. Everything else, I, I just have so many things I want to say. 
But I guess what I'm trying to get at is the fringiness of it and kind of um, shock value and, and the the grunginess of the music, the movies, the, the, the music videos, the clothing kind of went into pop culture, right? When you talk about like Versace, Princess Diana, Dahmer, Ted Bundy, um, it wasn't some gritty, awful, scary time, Waco. But that's what you remember, I feel like. And I was wondering if that's how you experienced it as someone that, you know, when Pearl Jam put out an album, you you were you were excited about it where I was probably too young to care. You know, like did we experience it a different way? I'm gonna say probably, but like I like I don't know actually. It was different for like I was uh so I got a I got a ten month old kid and I was trying to get him to sleep and it worked with my first one and now with my second and it kind of works with my third is that I'd put some music on the TV um, and you know try just, Dear Albie next time no I don't, I don't think they're ready for the talking <laughs> but I played uh, like I'm like oh you know there's a Guns N' Roses lullaby album and then I just put on like regular Guns N' Roses like Don't Cry November Rain you know what I mean like I'd, yeah. I can't wa- I'd watch it in the window because he's facing the TV and that's what puts him to sleep um, that's st- like I, you forget like those videos were epic and like that, that could have ch- like November Rain may have changed the way videos were made uh depending on what came after it. Cause I remember like enter Sandman was also like an epic video. Um, you know, before videos were just completely crushed, but I, like there's stuff that I mean, I like really shifted culture like that. You know what I mean? Well, like, before, that's right. Like, like who, who let the dogs out versus like November rain. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's kind of what we went over when, with our, with our ghost recording was like, I was calling it original ideas, but I guess you, your point is a little more accurate where it's, like kind of era changing stuff right and and defining art pieces of artwork where now it's like if beyonce drops something the beyonce fans are going to go crazy but there will be a faction of whoever i don't know mariah carey or whoever like that's just they're anti that because they're not it's not one umbrella the way it used to you know it used to be like november rain came out if you listen to music you need to watch november rain video you need to know because it and every station's gonna play it because we're all in this shit together you know, it wasn't the echo chamber that you're seeing now. So I think what's funny is the biggest difference between now and the 90s is we're so much more connected, but it doesn't, it's not. It, you're, you're completely in a silo on your own of what you consume, you know? And like water cooler talk now is more like, hey, do you watch uh, Succession? No. All right. And you walk away where more people watch Seinfeld every week than the Game of Thrones finale. I could buy that. I could see that. So, so. I think Cheers ended in the 90s as well. So, like, kind of what you're saying, I think the reason, I don't think it was the art that went behind it or the music or the direction of the video. Obviously, that started something, right? Like you said, they changed music videos. But I think the reaction is a big part of what changes things, too. You know, like, when you talk about a a TV show, and I always reference it because I I, mostly because I know the audience, but, like, what's going on with Vanderpump, if that went on, I don't even know exactly. I know someone cheated on somebody else, but if that went on. you're being coy. Come on. I swear, I just know that Tom's the bad one. That's it. And then I met James at BravoCon, and uh, Leah sends me a lot of stuff of him saying funny stuff, and I like him. That's really all I know. Um, James is a good guy. My, my or point. Is he like the. He's just Australian or, or British or something, and he's and he's super funny. He was nice to me, and the other one wasn't in person, so I'm. He wasn't like a dick. He was just kind of whatever. Here's a um, question: Do you think they don't know who you are? Like maybe you're the old well, guy in that room now. And they're like, oh, this is just this is some am. dude with a beard. Who no, had a show 15 years, had two shows 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting in the same for like Bravo did like a Legends Ball they called it and they sat us all next to each other. So I kind of feel like you can't do that if we're in the same row. You know what I mean? I guess. Like the row is kind of the hierarchy, I feel. Okay. And so you're I mean, and legendary status, I don't I don't think that means you're old. I think that just means like people loved you. Right. No, it's every no. There was no Gia Judice was there. She's fucking twenty one. So it's it's more just legendary people that have been on. So actually, everyone was really cool. Like the one, I'm like, we're not fucking doing Bravo. You, this is your show, Nando. You brought it up. You love doing Bravo. You brought up stuff. Vanderpump Rules no, but for some reason. Because because I was about to say it's the reaction that makes it so interesting, right? It's people's reaction that they want to talk about it. That's what makes people keep talking about it. Is how is the reaction to things. And I think that's what you're seeing in the nineties when somebody had, you know, if we're going to use guns and roses and keep that example or Prince, right. Somebody that was really polarizing. I know he's eighties, but he had a lot of nineties stuff too. 
where you have guys that were it was a conversation you know like if you can imagine now anyone that's out there like lizzo if she were in the 90s whether you listen to you know pop music or whatever category lizzo plates herself in or you put her in or not you have to have an opinion on that video it's everywhere the song is everywhere the it was a different time you know so like you go to new york city virgin megastore to me was like twitter like you know what's going on in the world because virgin megastore has a poster of it outside dude I or used you to, go i inside. was a frequenter of virgin megastore by the way i i think it's my favorite retail store that ever existed it's it's like Mr. Megorian's Wonder I mean, well, I guess it's, to me. It's like Barnes and Noble inverted, kind of. Like once um, Barnes and Noble started carrying music, you were kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah. What do you think yeah, of Spencer? They, their music never felt cool. Spencer, I would think of you. You wouldn't like open. Spencer's. Yeah, they have it at the Mall of America, like, not the Mall of America. They're, yeah, dream. they're in like every dream. Yeah, uh, I'm fine. Whatever, Spencer's is fine. I, I wasn't a Spencer's guy. Um, if you're talking about '90s retail. I was, um, I mean, I was very loyal to Sam Goody. I, I didn't do Coconuts. I didn't do FYE until later. Because FYE, and I have like younger staff, like waitresses and waiters and, and barbacks and stuff that I tell stories like this to. And they think I'm like ancient. But it's just so, it's not long ago at all. It's what makes it. What made me switch from Sam Goody to FYE is FYE started to put out a barcode scanner um, where you could sample like 10 seconds of every song on the album before you bought it and they had like a phone booth basically where you could scan it and you put on headphones and you give you a 10 second sample of every song and i was like we're this is the future we're completely here like there's blue and this is 2000s now but like that was retail that was my favorite like aha moment but uh 90s i was very sam goody not a big spencer guy i did love um I know I said it before, but but Virgin was my big like, um, like if I wanted to feel like I was doing something adult and cool, I yeah. went to Virgin Megastore. Virgin Megastore to me was like you know like '90s uh, Night at the Roxbury. You know what I mean? Like that was my Roxbury where I was a kid, ten, eleven years old, and I would go and I would like, you know, there was like adults buying music and like you know I'm talking about Times Square in the '90s also, so it's kind of like it had the look. You know what I mean? But I just, you know, all you hear Where is retail's it? dead and stuff. It was in Times Square, right? Where uh, what stands there today? Uh, I could walk you there. I, I don't know exactly what would be there. I, I want to say it's split up into a few things. Do you know where, like, the Sephora, I think it might have become? Uh, no. Can I Google that? I don't know. How often do you go to Times uh, Square? Never. Um, but I do remember being so offended. Um, I'm looking it up. Times Square now. Virgin Megastore to be replaced by Forever 21. But that was a while ago. Um, all right, I'll figure it out one day. But yeah, I love that <laughs> right. store. If you if nobody knows if nobody knows what that is, Virgin Megastore Times Square, Google it. It was just the coolest. Um, other New York stuff. I guess growing up in this area was really special for the '90s too, because like All Star Cafe. Um, Rock and Roll Cafe, Planet Hollywood, the movie Star felt so much bigger then. You know, and that's kind of it and again if you go into what I was saying before about the way I grew up in the 90s versus the way you did, right? I wasn't a part of it culturally. I was being raised, you know. Sure. Um I, so my first 10 or 11 years or whatever. How old were you in 96? Uh, 11 years. Wait, I, 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 in 96 I was 7 years old. Okay, all right. We probably um, hung out. I, we probably I, hung out a couple times. We probably could have. We <laughs> we were probably into the same shit. Um, but I, I, I have really that. distinct memories from '96, though. I remember I like I went to the Colorado Avalanche practice one time, and they won the Cup that year. Stuff like that that I just remember for like I have memories from him. But I guess for me, this is what I meant before. I don't think the '90s is represented really at all because like the big movie stars are still big now. Just earlier, we had our, our conversation on the phone talking about the biggest movie stars in the world. Like you mentioned, Tom Cruise, oh, not yeah. really a '90s guy, right? Like if you're to place him where he started and all that, Johnny Depp '80s guy, Tom Cruise '80s guy. Um, 
you know, I, I'm not, I didn't expect to be talking about actors, but there's not a lot of people I feel like that emerged out of the nineties that were like, Oh, they're not like, that's the person that represents it. You know, like I feel like, and the, the ones that are again, are that weird, grungy, fringy Cobain, um, you know, mm-hmm. like the, are you ready for it's the, usually a sadder story. I can give you the 50 highest grossing movies of the nineties. Can I guess the top like five? Yeah, of course. One, One's going to be Titanic. Titanic right? is number one. I'm going to say Jurassic Park is two. Correct. Jurassic Park, number two. Number three. Three you wouldn't get because I don't think it counts. It's, could, it's 99. 99. Uh, can you give me a genre? Uh, sci-fi. 99 sci-fi. Is it uh, Matrix? No, I mean, it's like a, the biggest franchise in the universe. I'm not going to get it then. Jar Jar Binks was in it. Oh, duh. Yeah, I guess that that does count as 90s, I guess. I guess. So Star Wars, uh, is that Phantom Menace? Yep. What am I on, three or four? That, was that we're three. on three? Yeah, that was number three. Am I going to guess the rest or no? Uh, number four, I wouldn't have guessed it. It's a Disney cartoon. Uh, Beauty and the Beast? No. Think more Elton John. Lion King? Yeah, that was number Lion four. Lion King, yeah. Uh, and then number five... I guess you could say one of the main characters was also number two. Number two is Jurassic Park. Oh, the fly? Uh, no, no, close. Uh, <laughs> actually, not close at all. You got the right guy. Day. You got the wrong movie. Yeah. And Independence Day. <laughs> I don't know where the fly is <laughs> in the highest closing movies. I, I would have been shocked. Um, but. Right, but I guess that's that kind of what we were saying. Yeah, and you look at the star, like Leonardo DiCaprio is still big, I guess. Uh, I guess the dinosaurs were the star of Jurassic Park, really, not Laura Dern. So I get, but you, but does anyone associate DiCaprio with like a '90s guy? I guess we should. I mean, that's yeah, I think so. He still has that like like Drake has been around since like 2010, but he still feels new. You know. Sure. DiCaprio yeah. still feels like the young guy around, but I guess not. He's been around for a minute, and we knew that. And they had the Man in the Iron Mask and the Beach, I think, were 90s, too, and those were both really big. Um, so I guess that's kind of my my idea the there. was the Like, not only did you – well, I wasn't watching the that beach. Like I know the it was first big. time you saw nudity in a movie was the beach. No, uh, Barbed Wire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad took me to see uh, Copland when I was a kid. And okay. that, that had nudity too. And also, I don't know, Mel Gibson before he turned heel on everybody. But those are like the, um, I think that's kind of what I was, the fun part of that era of like, these were very fresh ideas, right? Like the, the top five movies that you said was, was a Titanic original idea. Jurassic Park came from a book, but no one saw dinosaurs. No one saw graphics and CGI, not CGI, I guess, but special effects. Yeah, like that was that. a little bit of both. We took a limousine for my brother and I shared birthday party to go to the Jurassic Park with our friends. That was like, but again, it was like, what we were, we went nuts. Like that, people were howling in the theaters. Like I feel like that level of excitement. And I don't know if it's because we can look up anything we want or we can be, you know, we're just constantly being entertained. But I don't know the last time I felt that level of excitement. Like the succession finale just ended and it doesn't really match the same feeling that you had when like Friends or Seinfeld even came on in a regular episode because it just felt a little bit majestic. Like what people don't know, and Klosterman talks about this in the book, what the younger people don't know, again, you just can't understand if you weren't there. Like, if you missed an episode of whatever you watched, X-Files, Friends, Seinfeld. Cheers. You just missed Cheers. You just missed it. Yeah. Like, that was it. And then they would rerun again, and they would run the same pattern of that season in the summer because summer programming was, like, dead. So they would just run their popular shows again in the summer, and if, if you missed that, then you're just beat. Yeah, you just had, so missed that episode forever. You you the, the the joke back when I I remember this joke was like an adult joke. It was like I can't program a VCR. I'm like okay, but like I could, and I programmed the VCR so you wouldn't miss it. But like this is there was a sense of anticipation because you know you see the you see the oh, table then- now. You you look at whatever you want on the phone. You can do whatever you want on your phone. You know if you, oh, I missed it, you know whatever whatever. But like there was nothing else to do until like eight o'clock. You know what I mean? There was the news. There was dinner. 
maybe the evening newspaper. And you hang out I, with I your also, brothers, you know? I also find it funny, to your point, like there was nothing a lot to do, right? So we would, I've been seeing this meme go around, nothing a lot. I hate that I just said that sentence. Um, yeah, look at you, but, memes and Vanderpump rules. This is, the, the, who no, are you? I know. The Chris on no, the phone like, and on text is totally different than host Chris. It, well, you know why? I know you like your buzzwords for the description. I don't need so I, don't I need gave it. you Chris's like, birthday. This is Chris's birthday episode. Oh, uh, okay. That's it. Well, I guess it wasn't a meme. It was more like a thing going around because it wasn't like a, you'll see. But it said um, in the 90s, you know, talking about going outside and playing, being done. And it was like in the 90s, there used to be a commercial literally to remind their parents to, to find out where their kids are yeah. because of how often they would, you know, for those that don't know what I mean, there was a commercial 10 o'clock, right? Right before the news, I think. Or 9 o'clock? Well, was it 9 o'clock? it was different wherever. Like, hey, it's, it's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Yeah. That was it. It was just straight up like those little motherfuckers might be gone and you you got stuff going on. You, you didn't check in with each other. You know what I mean? So I would go to my friend's house, to a different friend's house, to a different friend's house. My mom would go to the friend's house to pick me up with the first one that I said because she missed my call when I got to a different house and whatever. And she would yell in the car and be like, well, you, you know, you don't tell me. I tried. All right. Because that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, and then, um, so I, I think the, the idea of like, I feel like my generation gets a lot of shit because they're like, oh, you know, we're you guys don't have to go outside and play kids. You know, you guys, you know, but we weren't the adults that fucked up those opportunities. We were the kids that got abducted. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <that> the <laughs> like, yes. Everyone blames my generation for being like, no, we're the go outside. You guys are always on your phones and the screens. Kids these days with their iPad. That's got nothing to do with me. You are the adults that and you're with me here, Nando. So you don't have to. You could be on my side here. But the like we went outside and played as kids. The adults are the ones that like did fucked up shit that made the the that made us no longer trust going outside and playing. So I don't, I've never understood why we get that slack. Like you were just saying, what did you do before eight o'clock? Nothing. What you did was you go, you created, you know, games, you play wall ball, you do random shit. Yeah. Or my mom would come out and do random shit. We played catch with her, we play baseball, we, whatever, go for a walk, kick stuff. You know, like we used to play a game called left, right, straight. You know what left, right, straight is? Is it, left, is it a dice game, left, right, center? Nope. We just walk and somebody would go left and then we'd turn left then the next person would go right whenever we'd hit like a stop like an intersection or whatever and we would we if there were three people we'd play left right straight and that just meant <laughs> you would just pick what direction we were going that was it there was no destination nothing to do we would just play a game called left right straight because there was that little going on but it felt a lot more connected even though you're again you're with a friend and you're alone you're you know god knows where from your house you're not talking to people from but like when your friend moved out of town even if it was the next town they're going to a different school that friend's gone like you you're, you're not keeping in contact yeah. i used to write letters to people that were in like wyckoff <laughs> like kids like friends of mine oh i want to talk to my friend well why don't you write him a letter because you know my parents are trying to keep traditions going yeah we had a, you know i had a friend in first grade mark peter and he moved to Connecticut. Um, and we'd write, you know, once in a while, we'd write back and forth to each other. We kept it up. I went and visited him a few times, and he came to visit us. Um, and then I went to college, and, you know, like, oh, the, you know, there are, like, two people from my high school there. Make sure you say hi. But it's not like, we like, hey, let's FaceTime Mark. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like, yeah, we met. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like we find a payphone and call you from our calling card. You know, like, that's, so that's the what, best we can do. What are some of the inventions to that point? that i'll give you a twofold question you could answer any way you want um either that existed that if your 90s self knew about now you'd be like no way and i i think mine are going to be more simple than you think and others that maybe when they came out you were like this is going to change everything and it just did nothing at all uh man i really you know well i missed i am by a little want bit. me to start and give you a minute well, you didn't have yeah, aim go ahead what no you know i you said i am I, yeah aim uh, I was, I was like past that point when it came out. Like I was a senior in college. I think when people started using aim in college, um, and I used it a little bit, but you know, soon thereafter I had, you know, my first cell phone, um, and then I had my Motorola two way pager. So like, I didn't really, but watching it, I'm like, yeah, I can see how this could be a big deal. 
Like this is pretty. Aim cool. was cool, but what's funny about Aim is like you just said. I so I I want to do a Chris thread on this, so I'm not going to get too into it. But I read an article about um, email. The New Yorker just writing a an article about emailing in 1994. And like what it's about, and it's interviewing Bill Gates and all this stuff. And um, you, at your age, you were like, "What use do I have for AIM? I don't need to talk to my friends right now." You, at the time of all these things unfolding, like Google Chat now, or right now we're connected through not Zoom but something like it. Um, clean feed. Shout out to Clean Feed. Shout out to Clean Feed. Um, but I don't hey, know. We have a delay. The delay is gone. We okay. talked our way through it. Yeah. Um, the you threw me off, you fucker. I'm sorry. No, um, no. what was I saying? You were talking about aim and why people don't have a need for it, and then you were going to give an example. No one, no one considered it as a as a way to. And again, it sounds silly, but nobody looked at that as a way of helping your job go better. Like no one looked at the internet as a useful tool. It was like this fun little thing to go on, like the WWF website and see when they're coming to your town. It wasn't like. At least, again, from my perspective when I was growing up, it was very, you're wasting your time on the internet all day. It wasn't a way to be productive. I guess you're right. Like, I mean, you look at it now. Because otherwise, AIM, for you to reach out to, like, your grandma on AIM makes sense back then. Well, I mean, but you don't texting. think of it that way. It's just, it was texting before there was texting. That's what it turned into. Without a way. And it was always just, uh, just I'll just call them. What would I do that for? Away yeah. messages were the best. I love away messages. I think cell phones should have away messages. Um, I thought... If you told me when I was younger that I could buy music or all music for less than the price of a CD, all music ever recorded essentially um, is less than the price of one CD a month at the touch of a button. Think about just put yourself in your 90s shoes. It's just not it's not even possible. Right. Well, I mean, the other thing is, you know, buy whatever you needed to buy, like. For 99 but cents for, for less than the price of a dollar, yeah. I mean, less than the price of an, of an album. So an album was twenty dollars, thirty if it's like a double sided, you know. A, a DVD was like twenty five dollars. You were paying Times Square prices. I was Syracuse prices were like twelve ninety nine. No, for a CD. Sa Sam Goody, Sam Goody, and uh, Wayne Hills Mall. Um, yeah, probably maybe closer to that twelve to fifteen. I'm trying to think. I bought. If you want to hear a ninety sentence. Uh, I, I always wanted to buy range stuff, right? I wouldn't buy all hip hop. I always wanted to get like different stuff because um, I didn't know what mood I'd be in. One of the first I bought stuff, I, I you know, maybe my birthday or I did a job. I went to Sam Goody. I bought, it was like a $35 run. It, um, a Casey and JoJo single for yeah, all my life. I was like, I was like, it was 97. So I was eight years old. That's insane. I think you're misremembering how old you were in this story. You're nope. So we went to jamming it into the nineties. No, because we went to Jingle Ball '97, and that's why I liked all these bands. Um, that's why I know it was definitely '97. That's funny. Um, so it was the first concert I ever went to was Jingle Ball. I watched Fiona Apple get dragged off stage because uh, she refused to get off. She was screaming about something. Uh, but I bought a Lisa Loeb album, <laughs> a Casey and JoJo album. Um, a Bone Thugs and Harmony album, and uh, I think maybe Nevermind because my friend was into Nirvana and I wanted to sound cool. Um, but that wasn't the, that they weren't a Jingle Ball, or it was it, I don't it was they before don't seem like a Jingle Ball group. No, but um, and but to tell that kid now that you could have all that for like 10 bucks at the touch of a finger and you could skip it. You could watch the video, look up the lyrics. Remember you'd have to go into the inside flap of a CD and read the lyrics there. Yeah. Like, but that feeling is just gone. Yeah, like, lucky. I don't even know how a lot of them didn't have it. A lot of them didn't. And then you would, and that's when the internet started to change stuff too. Cause you would go to like websites where you could look up like cheat codes for video games or lyrics to songs and stuff like that. Yeah. We had and, Nintendo um, power. That's a whole different show is Nintendo power. You might not even know what Nintendo What's Power that? is. I don't. I don't think I remember Nintendo Power. That was the magazine you had to buy if you wanted to know anything oh. about. Like it was. Yeah. It was by Nintendo. Nintendo Power is like the official. And you know, if your score was high enough, you could take a Polaroid of it and mail it in. Like I remember, I got a letter from I think '91, congratulating me on my high score in Vegas Dream, uh, but saying it wasn't going to make the magazine. But it's an That's official awesome. letter from the editor of Nedo Power. But magazine. see, that's still nice. 
right? That was classic. But like, what a different think about it at that time though. You have I like have a, a net, like a guy, a person who writes a kid a letter saying "good job," but you're not making it to the magazine. That's such a distinctly different time thing. It's just not now. It's a tweet from like Nintendo support. You know what I mean? And it's it's just that everything feels so much like there's no blood in it. You know what I mean by that? Like, like the, I don't know. It just felt like there was more life to things than when you would even even in rejection, there was this feeling of being special. You know, like I when you receive a letter, even from like institutions or whatever, it just felt a little different. Um, that's funny though with the with the game. Yeah, um, I was good in Vegas. The other dream. thing, if you told me that I can get McDonald's delivered. <laughs> Okay. When I was a kid, that was, or really more when I was like a you know a drunk kid in Hoboken. If I knew that I used to call the McDonald's in Hoboken, asking you know drunk as hell, like I'll give you fifty dollars to deliver it down the street, and they wouldn't do it. But in the nineties, like delivery was another you know a fun thing to do. It's cool you can call the people, whatever. But I always, I, I guess not you, but I always dreamed about like the day that McDonald's can deliver would be like the craziest thing ever. Can I ask you a question that you're probably the, gonna hate because it brings up your yeah. Bravo time? Um, when you were living in Hoboken, you wanted McDonald's delivered, and I've walked through Hoboken with you and your brother before, and I've seen like the commotion that you cause. I guess um, I'm not. I'm not even acknowledging that. It's uh, it's true. I've seen it. Uh, was this like? Because you didn't feel like, okay, I got to go out. I got to walk past all these people. Someone's going to say something. I just want some McDonald's. Or was it because you were just being like uh, Chris Lazy? It was more Chris Lazy, and it was more about how there would be a line at the McDonald's. And I'd have to leave my apartment, wait on a line. And um, there was a lot of, not so much with me, but just, you know this in Hoboken, a lot of fighting at a McDonald's at yeah, 3 there was in the a morning. Lot. You know what I mean? There was sometimes there was blood a lot on the McDonald's of, floor. They, that that window was being replaced like every other week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just a bunch of every Penn other State week. and Rutgers bros like getting into fights. <laughs> don't don't put Syracuse off the hook so quickly. By the way, there's a lot of Syracuse and Hoboken. I don't remember that. Were, that. that were, uh, I didn't go to SU, no, so that's Penn, fine. That's fine. You yeah, well, you're right about Penn State though. Penn State is Penn State is Hoboken, you know, uh, university, but. Yeah, that most of it was that. It, it wasn't commotion of I, I never we just never saw it that way. Like, oh yeah, we don't want to be, you know, bothered by going there. There's places that we just wouldn't go because we're like, you just don't go there if you're on TV or to be too busy or people are gonna come up to you. Was or, it Green Rock? Like I wouldn't walk past um more like I wouldn't walk past Buddy Velasco's bakery. Okay, that makes sense. Because there there was always a lot of like reality TV fans online. I can see that. And um and it was uh they were nobody was looking for you, but you know they'll take what they can get. There, you know what I mean. So um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to to Buddy's um, Bakery. It was good. Uh, the times that I had, well, it, I've before, been before he got famous. I had gone to uh, several times because it was there was a place on like third. And now we're getting way off, but he was good. Yeah, that, we're, the, we're, the stuff was we, good. I mean, where are we at time wise? About fifty minutes. There's All no right, so we can talk about random bullshit. Yeah, we can talk about random bullshit. I'm saying like like we're good. 90s was a good time. You should have been there. Um for those that didn't get it, we'll try to touch on a few things with it, but um you know, if we're missing anything, but I I just I don't know. I anything. never We can do a sec a part 2 of this. It was just really like I look around this we're room Martin that I'm in Rath. and I'm looking at a stone cold and the rock, you know, uh action figure that's behind me every time I record. I you know all kinds of different, you know, 90s stuff around me. There's a a my mom uh, with a a poster from Manzoed with Children that's done in the style of a Pulp Fiction movie poster. Like here you go, bringing Bravo things, stuff up again. Yeah, listen, it's part of my life, okay. Um, but but the it's funny I guess because you know I know how do? much you don't want to do like bring that up. That's the, I'm, I'm I'm painting you as, <laughs> it's, as it's someone not, who's bringing it up, but I know you don't. It's not like like you know oh that time that I spent in you know, uh, like war torn Vienna or some shit. Like, it's not like it's PTSD. It's just, I, you don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I'd like to be disassociated from a lot of Bravo stuff. And it's not for any other reason besides the fact that I've been away from it for so long. And then we did Bravo con and it kind of put us in the, in some stuff. And I'm super grateful. I have no issues with Bravo. 
it's just my life is so not that that it gets um i i can't not be rude when someone brings it up it's hard for me to be like i don't know i don't watch that shit and people get annoyed and it comes so i'm just like i want to be disassociated from it i don't care if that means that we like we're not i never you know us i've never considered us to be famous or anything like that so yeah. i don't look at it that way so I, I don't look at it like oh we're lose what we what what do we got you know what i mean we have it we got the same shit we had when the show started we're in the same house where you know what i mean like when my, my parents are in the same house we all have each other we're all still talking we came out of a tv thing uh 90s reference like andy dufresne like we we climbed through a lot of shit but we came out ourselves on the other side and it's like all right it, it kind of feels like it's time to take your chips and walk away from the table because you're like what's the benefit of being around like my mom we did this thing at page six the other day i probably should but whatever we did this thing at page six the other day and uh we're gonna do a chris through page six in the new york post by the way right. but um uh and we just talked about some random housewife shit. Well, my mom did, at least on stage. And like she's getting texts from different housewives. Can you say this? And I know you meant that, but can you say that? She's We're getting tweets. And it's just like, fuck, we didn't care. We just thought it was like... And again, we grew up in a time where if you're in a dark room, like it's just you and the people in the room. Like It's easy for me to forget once, especially, you know, you throw me a gin and, uh, gin and soda. That's my new drink now. Yeah. And because we're in the forties. You know, Is that you for the forties show? Your gin and soda? What's that? That's what I've been drinking lately. I'm a, I'm a gin and soda guy. But if you if you throw me a gin and soda, you know, you ask before? me a couple of the right questions, I'm gonna forget people are recording. Uh tequila oh, yeah. soda. I like it nice. Yeah. So it's just more refined. Um, you know, and there's just too many tequilas now. Now we're just talking about drinking. But have you tried Espalone? Uh yeah, I had a I had a very um when I was at the Berkeley, I had a really good relationship with the with the nice folks at Espalone. Nice. Um I actually like their I, there's not I don't know. I don't know what made me move off of tequila. You know what happened? Like I I have a theory. This is sounds way more depressing than it's supposed to be, but like I think tequila is for like happy people. You know what I mean? I guess you know all these give you I've learned in my old age a different kind of drunk no doubt and tequila to me is like i've never understood the joke of like oh it's a tequila night now i kind of do where i'm like oh i'm not ready for that like nothing i don't change the way i am it's just it is a little different i act a little different i wake up not feeling as well where gin to me is like a nice um i'm nice and bubbly i'm just good i you know and i and i kind of to my point I assume the best out of people. And I was like, oh, no one's recording us in this room, even though why would I ever think that we're in a room full of journalists and writers and <laughs> bloggers? But, um, and it just was like, it reminded me why it all sucks. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Bravo was fun. It was a good time. But now we've been off it for like six years, and I feel like they still make money off of us, and we don't make money off of them. And it just, I don't like one-way streets, you know? I got you. That makes sense. And it just feels, Bravo feels like a one-way street to me. And again, nothing they've ever done. They've always been really nice to me. Their people have always been very nice to me. It's just, um, you know, I have friends I don't talk to anymore. Not for any reason. It's just shit, you know, shit changes. So I don't ever not, it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. But I don't want to make, like, I'm not going to put, like, a housewife on uh, for the sake of having a housewife on as a guest on this to get you people to listen to or whatever. Week? Yeah. I think that was a pretty good idea. Uh, wait, what, the week? The Wakili week? Oh, Wakili week. Um, no, but like, but that's the thing. Like, I love the Wakili's. Like, they're they're fun, good people. But I don't see them or speak to them very often. So I was like, all right, I would only be doing that for like a Housewives Glory Days episode, and I don't. I'm trying to not do that. You know what I mean? See, I, I, I do I, have someone I saw, and I remember them fondly as like, oh, these they they were great. Yeah. They're they're very fun people. But same thing, like. They did the same thing, I think, as us in the way that if you ever follow them on Instagram or whatever, they just do the thing. They're on vacation. They have a good time. They mind their own business. They very, at least that I've ever seen, I've never seen them weigh in on Housewives drama or Bravo drama. Right, right. Um, I don't know if they, they could have rejected BravoCon. I don't really know if they were you know supposed to be a part of it or not. But And there's a clear happiness that goes along with that. There's an obvious happiness that goes along with kind of disassoci disassociating yourself. And again, I think people look at that as like, oh, but Bravo did, Bravo did nothing wrong. It's all the people that are a part of it. 
Like, I don't hate the Boston Celtics. I hate their fans. I used to say that about the Red Sox. How funny is that? Same, well, anything, anything Boston. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, but it, it's not, it's, you know, no one says, I hate Bruins, Red Sox, and, and little leprechauns so much. No, it's it's Boston that you don't like. You know what I mean? So it's not Bravo. It's, it's the not the fans. It's the people that are on the network. And a lot of the people, the talent on the network, I should say, are, they act like they're on and now I'm doing a whole fucking Bravo thing. Yeah, I know. But, Why'd you do this, man? I thought we were going to talk about 10 Because you set me off, and you know I'm easy to set off. All I, I thought we were going to talk about 10 I 10 want 10 people 20. to know that, like, like, they don't get my humor yet, I assume. I was just, you know, you said something brilliant to me once that you look at someone, you see, like, a wall of buttons, and you just want to push yeah. them all. And I've used that several times, and I've credited you for, for saying you. that um, in private. Uh, but I just wanted people to know that, like, maybe my brand of humor, where I accuse you of constantly bringing up Bravo stuff, is the exact opposite of what you want to do in your daily. I life. know, and I'm and I'm such a defender. Like, I just defend myself right away on it. But well, there um, you go. Bon- there, bonus, a little bonus Bravo reluctancy there. But at least they said it now. Yeah, and also next like, week, Rich Martini's coming on to talk about lightest. <laughs> so, well, yeah. well, listen, that's the other thing though that I can't, I can't like if there's something that actually perfect fucking example. Perfect example. Next week or the week after, I'll let you know. Greg Bennett will be joining us. But he's like your friend um, in real life. But that, but so are they. So if there's a topic that comes up, we're going to do a Pride episode with Greg because he he sent me something and he was like, "This is a good Chris theory," um, and it was about. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to misinterpret it because I, I just read the the quick article and it was like a week ago. But the the guy <clears throat> um, who basically wrote all the Disney songs. Okay. And basically. Uh, he was a gay guy, and and um, I'll let, the idea is I started to read it. I was really into it. I stopped reading it, and I told Greg to come on, do Chris 3 in reverse, where he tells me the story um, because he's really passionate about it. He likes it. But, again, that's a cool tie-in from the Bravo days, but it's a na- it's organic, you know, and that's kind of what I mean. Like maybe there will be something with the Housewives or Gorgas, Wakilis, or whoever, but it would have to just make – sense to the topic you know what i mean um but greg bennett coming on really soon and that's exciting because um people know it from tv and it was extremely accurate to real life our our relationship our friendship with greg is uh is, is extremely funny i met him once. Um, he's a nice guy he's a big guy he he's yeah he's great he's like he's a big. people people definitely he's the best person to go out with because like you don't get lost like you just like look up and, and he's there yeah. marcus is like that too yeah marcus well marcus is different he is a linebacker yeah, that's true. So when you um, so listen, I feel like we covered a lot here. We this talked about the nineties without doing a without doing a Berlin Wall thing. That's nice. You know, we we avoided the the obvious nineties stuff. Barely touched Clinton. You yeah. know, we didn't need to. That's um, been done to death. But I mean, who's talked about you know Tower Records? Uh, it CD was, uh, I, I, I actually didn't go to tower records towers, my tower. I'm very loyal to my brand. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so my, I, I went sorry. to Virgin Megastore so I went to tower, tower to me. I did not, I was not a tower guy. Was there a warring tower, like somewhere close in times square that, you know, Oh, wait. also one? no, I've, there might've been, there's, there's a, probably a reason that I just rejected the notion of tower records altogether. I don't know what it would have been, but I wasn't into them. Um, Laser disc is the last thing I want to say. I just bought one. Really? Probably not I have surprised. one here. Uh, you have that, no, you, uh, probably yeah. I mean, I know we have one. I just, I don't know where, but I know we have it here. I bought a Michael Jack the making of Thriller uh, on laser disc because my, my daughter is way into Michael Jackson now. Somehow, thank you YouTube well, algorithm. So like, I'm like, oh, you know what? She can hang this on her wall. It's like a cool. Uh, it's, it's like a record, but not. Yeah, and I have um, a LaserDisc player. So I bought one once, like 15 years ago, and it's somewhere at my parents' house. So and I cannot find it. I don't want to. I don't mean to keep this going longer than it has to, but can you separate the art from the artist? Like you're introducing your daughter to Michael Jackson, knowing you're probably gonna have to have a conversation with her one day about, like, oh, why are, is he still around? And you're like, no, he died. And they're like, what was he like? And you're like, well, he was fantastic. So is that that's it. You're not going to go into like the problematic. Like, can you? That's one of my biggest internal struggles. Like, you know, when she's 14 or 15 or 16, I guess. 
But I'm not going to be like, listen, you shouldn't listen to Michael Jackson because he was accused of some things that he was exonerated from. Right? Oh, Nando, we might have a long Michael Jackson conversation one day. <laughs> okay. Accused and exonerated is not like the way I would describe Michael Jackson. I'm pretty Jackson. sure he was. Wasn't he found not guilty? They released oh, yeah, the doves, a... right? Like that was... Yeah, OJ, OJ too. But OJ like... lost a civil trial though. Okay. I mean... We'll get into Michael Jackson. In we'll get into Michael Jackson. Yeah, I, but I mean, like, I don't have a problem with Michael Jackson. He's my fringiest one of like, I can listen to Jackson Five, I can listen to Man in the Mirror, and a few others. But there's some songs where I'm just like, I can't listen to him now. It's weird. And but but here's the thing: we all knew it then. Well, Same I can't with R. Kelly, to like black like, or white, because it reminds me when I was like a pimply thirteen year old. You know what I mean? Like that's, I just you know, it was like everyone popping up there was like, oh man, I was the most awkward teenager. That's all I associate with this song. But I understand with why black you or white. Able... Yeah, like that that whole era. Uh, you know, like, I right I think about how Macaulay Culkin was in the video. That video was huge too. Yeah, because Magic that Johnson was a big was in video. It. Magic Johnson announced he had HIV, and then he was in that uh -huh. video like six months later, maybe less than that. And then Macaulay Culkin was in that. Yeah. Um. All right. Last question. Promise. Whose career would you rather have, Macaulay Culkin or Karen Culkin? Oh. Well, Macaulay Culkin seems like he has enough wealth where he doesn't have to do anything now. But I'm sure he was Kieran way too, in though. a crazy spotlight. Whereas Karen Culkin, in a spotlight, while you're able to manage it as an adult, you know, yeah, for Kieran, yeah. I guess, but you have to sign the dotted line now because he's got a whole career ahead of him. He might take off. We don't know, right? And actually, I'm going to do a succession. You know what? Bonus succession episode. I'm going to do one without you. You're not going to ask that question on that one, unless you want to be on it. You're more than welcome. No, I don't have to be. I mean, do it with someone who's better uh, suited for succession. Oh, but then it's family stuff, and we're trying to avoid that, too. Well, it's so Palumbo. complicated. Palumbo would do it. I don't think he watches. Why don't you have people write in, and if there's anyone in the circle of Chris. Because I want to talk. No, Rich right. Keeley, I bet, would be a good succession guest. Yeah, it's, that's what I'll do. <laughs> All right, this was good. Uh, I'm taking Kieran Culkin. <laughs> I'll take Kieran Culkin, I think. I mean, how much money do you need in life, right? Like... And, Even in Macaulay Culkin, like, like 50x is how much money he has. I'm pretty sure Kieran Culkin's still like at least 10 to 15 million dollars in the bank. You would think he's got, you know, yeah, to your point, nine to 10 figures in the bank, right? Or eight to nine, eight to nine figures in the bank. And seven to eight, I don't fucking know. Hold on, wait. Six and is, six is 100,000. Six seven is six is figures. Eight is 10 seven million. or eight. Right. And then nine is 100 million. Wow. All right. So seven or eight million. Yeah. Oh, seven, seven or eight figures. figures for him. Yeah. And critical acclaim where Macaulay is just like, you were in some iconic commercials, obviously the movies. He's probably closer to the hundreds millions with, with, uh, when you talk about home alone, you talk about Richie rich was so underrated as a kid's movie. Did you watch Richie rich? Or were you too old for that? No, I was too old for that. I was, I was uh, Richie, rich. but you know what? You would love it now. You should really show your kids, Richie rich. He had a McDonald's in his house. Richie Rich or Macaulay Culkin? Probably both, but Richie Rich. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, and that's, I think, maybe where my where my desire for McDonald's at my doorstep might have started as a young man. <laughs> now it's become a reality. How often do you actually do it? Uh, more than I should say. No, honestly, somebody around me always is. It's it's kind of like, um, like, like a party drug. Not I don't do party drugs, but like, no one really does it alone, but like someone around you always is, and they're always feeling a little better if you do it too. <laughs> like, so someone around me is always like, "I'll get McDonald's if you want McDonald's." Like it's just here. It'll take five, and I'll, I will fucking never say no to a nugget. I'll never say no to nuggets nice. ever. Uh, know that about me. Um, okay, I'm done here. Just for the record, I didn't yeah, have this to look was better because I felt bad. Jackson was acquitted of all criminal charges June 13th, 2005. Right, but I'm you not and so, he's a great guy or whatever. But, like, uh, but in the court of your personal opinion, is he guilty or innocent? And they charged the victim's mother with perjury and fraud related to statements made at the trial. She accepts a plea agreement the following year. We're gonna have a private conversation about Michael Jackson. No, about, um, <laughs> no I don't want to be something that I, is like a pro Michael no, Jackson. I'm just no, saying, like, when I there's have to explain the, it. No, there's like, I have to explain. I have it. like three things that I just don't feel like I should say on a podcast. But I, Are you I, not going to hang up again the second we're done? Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm not. I thought, I didn't know that that's, 
that that was wrong. Are we still recording? Yeah, I'll stop the recording if you want to say goodbye to me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good anytime. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.